Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer, joined, as always, by Charlie Budd. And today we're here to answer a question, um, pack some things. Is the age, uh, the golden age, I should say, of television dead? So some things to think about. Uh, Charlie, I'm going to kick it off to you first. What you got? Well, Palmer, I know uh, I'd argue that if the golden age of television is over where it's like either completely done or we're mm. in the the twilight years of the golden age uh, of tv um for me the golden age of television started in like probably like 1998 1999 with the sopranos um and like kind of, that's where i think like today's modern golden age of television uh, kicked off and it's kind of spanned like around 20 years but you know what do you think, Palmer? Do you think the Golden Age of Television is kind of at its end? Do you think Do you think we're still in it? Uh, what are your thoughts? So, I did a little bit of research, bud, and I come to a realization. I found that, to me personally, it just feels as if maybe there are multiple golden ages of television for different genres of television and so oh. a little yeah yeah something to think about something yeah. spicy um i was gonna say i think that technically it started back kind of in the 40s to 60s the golden you know golden age around uh just live television and so that's said to have concluded in the 60s but there's been a lot of great television Lately, and especially as you're saying, kind of to foster the modern era into the the Sopranos. But I think that, you know, you have the the buddy cop drama age. You got the, you know, adult like cartoon age with the whole Simpsons family guy, you know, American oh, yeah, Dad. That's true. Definitely. And then just the uh, expansion into, you know, those hour long Walking Dead kind of sci fi and everything. Really. So. That's kind of where I've been left at. But mind you, it's up to anybody to make that decision. I don't know. What do you think about that now that uh, we might have expanded it out there? Well, that's definitely interesting. I don't think I'm too familiar with, like, television and, like, the, you know, probably before, like, what is considered, like, modern era. Um, I mean, obviously, you hear of, like, classical TV shows like the old Star Trek series or uh, even the Simpsons. I mean, that show has been on for what, like 40 oh, years at this point. Something crazy. Uh, I mean, obviously I haven't seen every episode of the Simpsons, but I used to watch <laughs> that show all the time when I was younger. Um, I love the Simpsons. I want to get back into watching it ever since it's been put on Disney plus, but uh, that's yeah, definitely an interesting yeah. perspective. And without like my, like I, I think it's a good argument, but I want to pass the question back. What do you think about like, today's modern age like do you think like the current golden age of tv though is like is ending and or what would have you like how would you define today's golden age of television because you mentioned that like you know in the 40s and the 50s you had like live tv which i'm assuming was like the game shows and uh, <laughs> other stuff is that was that what it is like i think that's yeah what they were saying and then just kind of like also with like the you know live studio audience and everything and so now you know pre-recorded you have the laugh track and uh things are a little bit more manufactured you could say so it's definitely uh interesting and so to answer that question oh man you just kind of Threw the ball back into my court. It wasn't exactly ready for the pass there. But uh, I really liked, uh, obviously, I'm a little biased because we kind of came up in the whole 2010s is where we were in high school and then college. But that was a great era in television. I mean, you're thinking really? about 
Mad Men, uh, Breaking Bad, if you're into The Walking Dead. It's, we're really able to, especially when you look at technology, too. It wasn't the kind of, not to say campy because I love Star Trek, but it wasn't the campy Star Trek kind of, oh, we're in this, like, you know, 80s, 90s tech. This is, ooh, that looks good. That looks crisp, especially thinking about Black Mirror, too, and some of the things that they've done. I know we talked about that a little bit last week. So uh, this has been particularly interesting, although I would say now because of certain uh, external factors the golden <laughs> age of uh television might be might be changing and might be you know have to have a, a new name or maybe redefine just given the fact that we're seeing now the rise in streaming um i feel like there's i mean i used to watch cartoon i'll admit i used to watch cartoon network as a grown man and uh nothing wrong with that bummer <laughs> exactly exactly see it's for the love for the love <laughs> just to you know stay up on my my pop culture trivia uh references when it comes to kid shows but you know now they just i feel like every time I, I turn it on it's teen titans go or something and it's like things i don't really connect with like i remember oh so this was a golden age when you think about um superhero dc tv shows so you had you know teen titan not teen titans go teen titans yeah, the original teen titans. Ju- exactly that was good Young tv Justice. breach right and you could watch and it didn't come on a lot so when you got it it was like oh this is this is it right here but that doesn't really happen now and so it feels like they're almost driving you to go into the streaming services kind of like retail i mean you see uh you go into stores and there's not really as many options for clothes and they're driving you to online shopping so i feel like now there's kind of that push to get subscriptions up for just streaming services and now you're seeing a little bit less in terms of the quality of overall television programs yeah i mean that's definitely an interesting point to touch on especially when you think about like how streaming services and like quality because i think my biggest criticism of like the the streaming era that we're kind of in right now is that um how like cable networks kind of had like a like a a time budget almost if you will like they only had a certain amount of hours in their day that they could broadcast certain shows and then you had certain shows that you wanted on at certain hours because they're like prime time hours right uh streaming services don't really have this luxury they they count on people just binging their shows kind of whenever they want them to and they also don't have like this budget of like okay we can only have like five shows because we want them to be broadcasted between like three o'clock and nine o'clock because everything else like that's where we get our audience streaming they don't care you can they can people can watch it whenever they want whenever they want and uh or wherever they want rather and um so that just a lot leads to like netflix for example to just kind of throw a thousand shows at the wall and (laughs) and just kind of see what sticks i mean there are so many netflix shows you open up netflix right now and they have like check out our originals right like our original content and i just scroll by it and like nothing looks good to me i feel like and you tell me palmer how you feel about like, netflix originals but i feel like it's one out of every like hundred shows is good you know actually it's interesting usually i'll find the netflix originals because there will be a group of there will be some show rising in popularity. For example, I mean, the beginning of the pandemic, we had Tiger King. Normally, I would have been like, "Oh, that's what is that Tiger King?" Like you know, but oh, everybody was talking that. about it, right? Yeah, right? I forgot that came out during COVID. <laughs> Dude, that's how I spent the first I think month just watching that and just wondering how Carol Baskins might have killed her husband. But uh, here we are today, and uh, so I usually end up finding a lot of them just based on the uh, popularity among other people. 
I don't know if, fun fact, one of my coworkers is really into Marco Polo, which they spent a lot of money on. Oh, that and Netflix I'm, show? Okay. Yeah. Continue, but I I've, I've saw I watched the first couple of episodes of that, but please continue. I got you, guys. But see, I haven't I haven't watched it. But the people I know who have seen it are like, yo, you got to watch this. But I've never watched it, and it hasn't opinion. gotten to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to hear your opinion there, bud. But no, so that would be – it's kind of like that cult following. So it's not one of those shows I would just hop on immediately. I'd probably have to see it a couple times, hear it a couple more times from others to then – you know, make that move. But okay, Charlie, what what is your opinion of Mark? I think that show's been out for a while now because I remember <laughs> watching that like years ago. But I watched like the first three episodes back when it like the first season was uh, on essentially, and I was bored by episode three. I was Ooh, unimpressed, and I was just like, I don't really want to continue watching the rest of it. I just I don't know. I felt like it was almost an answer to game of thrones for netflix in almost a weird way not like because they're not anything alike from what mm. i remember i mean it just to me that was like netflix was trying to get on that kind of vibe and i don't and i think it fell flat but gotcha. i mean i only watched the first three episodes but it didn't hook me in all right you know mm. uh and that's my that's a hot that's a hot take that's a hot take i'm sorry for everyone out there you know you know blast me in uh, you know my dms or something (laughs) if you think i'm completely wrong about marco polo now and like i should give it a second chance but you know i wasn't impressed um i'll give you a chance marco i'm I'm gonna watch it and i'll let you know this might be a topic for a later podcast but no I'll, i'll give it a try marco polo but no dude super interesting in that regard but I had a question for you, I guess. So now that we're thinking about kind of specific shows, do you have a guilty pleasure show? And then is it on television? Do you stream it? How do you? So, I mean, I guess my point about like what I was like, every network is like adopting like streaming services nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess my issue with like how golden age of television, like quality television is declining in an effort to just find out what works now. Uh, Like, uh, yes, I do have a guilty pleasure show. It's called The Expanse. It's a space odyssey that is on uh, space opera, really, that is on Amazon Prime. Um, it was originally on the Sci-Fi uh, Network, um, yeah, and then yeah. it was canceled. But then Amazon bought the rights to it because it had like a really big cult following, and there was a lot of fans of the show. And it's a good show. I mean, I definitely think. Uh, the later seasons, after you know, it, it gets better. It is based on a series of books. Um, gotcha. But back to my point is that there are like all these networks have like streaming services now. I don't have cable anymore. Like I don't. I, I, I watch things via like uh, HBO Go or uh, yeah. Netflix or Hulu. You know, you name it. Um, but like, you know, like the golden age of television. For me, it was like, and if we want to look at it in like the modern era, like we got to start with like, because I'm a fan of, like, it's not that I don't like comedies. I do like a good comedy now and then, but I am a fan of like, you know, the dramas, right? Like, I love drama television. Like, I love like, especially like darker theme kind of dramas. Like, you know, so they throw some out there. 
Yeah. Like, what are what are a couple examples there, bud? I mean, I mean, I like Mr. Robot. I mean, that show is Ooh. fantastic. It's like almost dystopian in a sense, and they, like especially as the show progresses, it makes you feel like unnerving to just like even exist in this world. It is so dystopian, even though it is just like a mirror of our society. Um, and like another, like, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of game of Thrones until that show was ruined by the last like couple of seasons. But uh, I mean like the show when you know, it was coming out, like the first, especially the first five seasons, it was like, what a cultural phenomenon that show was you know everybody talked about it everybody watched it shout out to you too bud for getting getting me up in there and yeah 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 no we i remember in college freshman (laughs) year we would we would binge the first like what two three seasons of yeah because season four dropped the second half of our our freshman year. that's right that's right and like uh i remember our our buddy nick after the red wedding scenes, like I can't watch this show any, anymore. I don't think he actually ever watched it again. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, like, because that is like a tough scene to get by. But um, oh, for sure. But like, you know, and what all kind of like kicked this off, in my opinion, was probably The Sopranos. Back to The Sopranos. Okay, but give, give me, give me this. Why The Sopranos is the start? So. Sopranos, I think, put HBO on the map. You can almost kind of list eras of television of like how other shows kind of spawned um, in result of what HBO was doing. I mean, look at what HBO has produced since The Sopranos. They did The Wire, right? And then they did Game of Thrones. Yep. Like, and that spans like basically. 20 years okay you have sopranos on for six seasons you have the wire on for five or six seasons and you have game of thrones on for eight seasons um and the wire kind of comes on at the end of the sopranos and then game of thrones Mm. starts to air at the end of the wire right and Mm. so like hbo always has kind of has been this leader in kind of doing these cultural phenomenon like genre defining television series and before the sopranos what was hbo known for boxing matches they weren't known for doing high brow like quality television like the sopranos like and Mm -hmm. then the sopranos also spawns like the like cable companies to produce shows like mad men because you know you're Mm -hmm. taking on topics that are like more character driven, more like kind of like darker themes, like in Mr. Robot or Breaking Bad or like, you know, before that, like you don't see shows like Breaking Bad on cable. <laughs> like definitely like what name a show? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, genuinely. No, I'm, like, I'm thinking and like, it's crazy. You mentioned. So we mentioned Mad Men and that was my see here. Here's my thing. Let's just rewind really fast. So I was just watching. After I graduated from college, while I was looking for a job, I would watch a show a month. So, you know, The Office, I did Parks and Rec, I did Mad Men. And I'm like, I, you know, I look back on that time. I'm like, man, that was probably like a cry for help. Like, <laughs> parents didn't just, they would say, what are you doing? I'm like, just watching Mad Men for like six hours. Like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I do question that, but I did watch Mad Men. Do I remember all the plot points? No. Do I remember what happened most episodes? No. Could I turn away? No. No, I could not. And why? How did that happen? Dude, it's something about it was so addictive. I don't know like what it was, but um and it wasn't over the top. It wasn't like, 
you know, some crazy sci-fi or, you know, some Breaking Bad kind of drug. It was just everyday life, like you said, driven by the characters, great writing, and uh, you couldn't turn away. So when you talk about the Golden Age, that has to be in there somewhere because those kinds of... I would put Mad Men up there. I would put all of, like, I would think the peak is probably the 2010s when you have shows like Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Mr. Robot, Game of Thrones, uh... You know, what else is there? I mean... I know, I'm trying to think, too. I'm I mean, sure there was... I the yeah. Office, I mean, if you want to talk yeah, about Yeah, The just, Office, like, uh, I mean, even, like, and comedies, does. right? Like, everybody, like, loves the good comedies. <laughs> uh, I mean, even <laughs> Boardwalk Empire was, like, a show that's on HBO, which is, like, about, like, a gangster who's also... Like, he's, like, a mobster. It's, like, takes place in, like, Prohibition America in Atlantic mm-hmm. City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it's like Steve Buscemi plays a politician and yeah. a mobster. And it's a fantastic show. It really is. It's a great show. And that came out in like late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, and then like you also have HBO's Rome even. like Oh, I actually never watched Rome. I've never, I watched, I've never watched Rome, but I've heard like good things about it. Um for its graphic, but you know, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's HBO. <laughs> the good ones typically are. Yeah, um, but like you know, The Sopranos also to kind of just put this into perspective, <laughs> you and your created. I mean, I'm just saying they 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 opened the door to possibilities. The Sopranos created higher budget television. Mm, think about interesting. it. Interesting. How much do you think an episode of Game of Thrones probably cost? I think it was like ten million dollars an episode during its height. Or, True. or even Westworld, it's like eight to ten million dollars. Like, I mean, Rome, that's a huge epic, you know, that's a historical epic about Rome. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, that's a, it's like a ten million dollars, <laughs> and they go for authentic, like authenticity. And like, The Sopranos was produced for millions of dollars an episode, too, you know? Um, and like, so, like yeah. that show also went down and like created this entire world of like going into each and every character. Um, and like mm. a lot more shows, I think have in the last 20 years taken more of that approach where, you know, you have higher budget, you have true auteurs, you know, doing television nowadays. Like, did you just say auteurs? Yes, I did. I did. You know, there are people, there are people, <laughs> there are people that, you know, now for like doing good television and like film always had those kind of people, right? Film mm. always had people who, were known for making great, fantastic movies, but like television was just kind of like, oh, it's there, you know. It was mm-hmm. known for the sitcoms. I feel like the '90s were really known for sitcoms. Um, I actually, so I never I watched one. this show. Oh yeah, I actually. <laughs> let's go fun facts about Friends. I have never watched a single episode of Friends, and it has. I mean, I people look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them. I've that seen like six episodes. Is it something to write anything to write home about or just your standard sitcom? I mean, I don't think six episodes is probably enough. I mean, apparently it's incredibly beloved and but I yeah. mean from what I've seen, it just seems like your normal sitcom that people fell in love with, kind of the same way that like How I Met Your Mother, you know, was a Great sitcom show. people Great really show. liked. Um I was gonna say, I know like the whole Chuck lore, I'm trying to think, like two and a half men, Mike and Molly, the Big Bang Theory. Those are all like nineties shows. Like and, I mean, uh, Big Bang Theories a little later, but I'm, yeah, that ended I think just like three years ago. I think Mike and Molly might have ended back in like 2015. But I, I mean, like then, Two and a Half Men was a long time running. Yeah, 
especially because they switch when they switched out, you know, Charlie Sheen for Ashton Kutcher. Also, I'm sorry, before I before I forget, you all are probably listening to this lovely, lovely sound quality right now. And I just have to say, this weekend I invested in a uh, a Yeti mic, and I want to give a shout out to my man Brendan from Best Buy who guided me to this. Guy is a hero, you know, not all heroes wear capes, and he reminded me of that, so I definitely got to show him some love if you are listening out there, Brendan. But, uh, sorry, getting back to that, yeah, so I think that they all kind of crossed over, I think they started out early 2000s, and then a bunch of them kind of finished out, if not recently, then within the last five years. Although you mentioned auteurs, and, you know, cinema, as well as TV, and I was thinking, I never watched this show, but The West Wing, let's talk about that, you know, you got a little, yup, Exactly. And so, did you ever watch it? I have not seen West Wing. I've heard very good things about it. Um, I've seen, like, other, uh, you know, other Aaron Sorkin projects, obviously. Uh, most notably, The Newsroom, which I actually, my girlfriend and I are uh, watching kind of. Is that the one with Jennifer way. Aniston? No, it's the one with, um, why can't I remember? Jeff Daniels. Oh, okay. Um, it's like plays like it's like a it's like how Aaron Sorkin imagines newsrooms should be, you know, <laughs> telling the news a year after it happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, it's a really good show, and like my journalism professors, when you know I was in school for that, it was were always like a, a lot of, like applauding the shows. Like this is what you should like strive to be. This is like you know, it, it's mm. great. I recommend it. Um, it's only like three seasons, and so like it's a good show, but continue no solid i'll have to i'll have to check that one out but no so interesting i mean you just think about the auteurs and then just very very well written you know drama driven kind of those is is it an hour long or 45 minutes to an hour okay Also good flick. A flick. A flick. I was going to say, um, he also did uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, right? That we went to go see? That was very well done. For sure, for sure. Okay, I definitely, honestly, that I loved. So I watched Breaking Bad back in college. My, my I got my mom to watch it maybe a year or two ago, and I was just rewatching it with her. And there are just some incredible episodes. Not really a whole lot goes on. I think one of my favorites is uh, Peekaboo. I think it's maybe season two. It's when Jesse needs to, oh, sorry, spoiler alerts for anybody who, you know, is listening and has not quite seen Breaking Bad. Um, so I'll give you a second to hop off or mute me. I'll probably end up talking for about a minute and a half. Let's go. But um, no, so it was, um, Jesse was trying to get, I think it was money from, you know, some addict and um, he ends up following them, goes to their house and finds out that they have a kid. 
And it's just, if you don't know if you remember that, and the kid is just there playing peekaboo, you know, does his own thing. Jesse goes in and is talking to him. And at the end of, like, end of the day, unfortunately, one of the drug addicts kills the other drug addict with an ATM machine. I think that they still, it was really crazy, but Jesse has to call the police. And then he just tells the kid, he leaves him out front with, like, I think a blanket on. He's like, have a great life, kid. And you just, man, if you talk about feeling something, oh, I felt that one. And, uh, dude, that was just not a whole lot going on, but just something crazy, crazy good. I know. I think Vince Gilligan does a great job of, like, really because like walter white is like the main character of that story or like yeah brian cranston's character but he has a really good job of really fleshing out like other characters i mean even even gus uh like there's like i I think an entire episode where like gus fring just goes down to (laughs) mexico and uh, you know great i don't want like what a great sequence but i don't want to like spoil it if everybody's kind of coming back in trying to skip over spoilers there but i mean vince gilligan does a phenomenal job of like even at the pacing like some people like criticize that breaking bad's like a little slow and i can understand that but i think it's Mm -hmm. important to really understand the evolution of these characters because it all does pay off in the end i mean it really like it really does um you get so invested in all of the characters there too, and it's it's magnificent storytelling. I mean, that's why Dude. that's what makes Breaking Bad so good uh, and so addicting to watch, and why people like hail it as like, oh, it's one of the best things television's ever produced. So, um, Dude, Dean Norris as Hank, you can't take your eye. Like once again, he's not a big character. Well, he is, but like not really. But you just something about him you can't take your, and you want you want to see him do well, even with all his craziness. Marie too, and then like all of it's just everybody even from like walter jr like just such good character development i think the pacing is perfect because you know nobody really just you know flips like that so you get a better sense for the psychology so you make an empathetic i don't even know what to call walter like a hero or a villain but you make him super empathetic Uh, arguably anti-hero i don't know if like he's really a hero in the end but um because i mean i guess anti-hero is probably the best to like description for him definitely um, yeah, no. but yeah i mean so like what are your thoughts about like going back a little bit to how you know hbo has kind of been the reason for like this modern era of television do you mm. agree with that or what's your take here and then also follow up uh <laughs> follow you know up. what are the what are your shows like what are, what are the best shows on tv right now like what can people look forward to like what should people watch be watching Ooh, that is a question for you there i will say for me so as a child i never had you know hbo showtime we get them you know every like three months when they just give you oh for 30 days you have hbo to, to see if you like it so that was kind of where i got that exposure but it's interesting i did Notice a gradual change, I guess you could say, especially when looking at AMC, which I did have, and some of the other networks as they started gearing up. And once again, I feel like that did kind of come maybe in the mid to late 2000s to the 2010s. And so I don't know if that's as a direct response to the HBO. But when you explain kind of your your history, I do see the parallels uh, in regards to how cable TV might have evolved as a result of that. Now, that is not to say it's interesting when looking back on HBO, because if you go from The Sopranos to The Wire to Game of Thrones, that's just three shows, which is very fascinating over kind of the course of, what, 20 to 30 years. 
that it just kind of held it together. first aired, I want to say like 2000, maybe 1999, 1998. 20 years. Yeah. But it's like another thing, you know, everybody like looks to HBO as like, oh, industry leader. You know, they're Mm. they they break the ground right now, but they don't have a flagship show right now. What do you think about, well, before I answer the what to look forward, Westworld, because I know that that was their intended flagship show following Game of Thrones. First season is excellent. I think mm. it's a very uh, one. Someone once described it a left brain show when most shows are right brained. Um, that's cool. And which means I think it just means it's like a very kind of like a puzzle that you're kind of unlocking and it's not a uh, linear story. Um, mm-hmm. And but the subs like seasons two and three, which I watched all season two and got halfway through season three before i got bored um were not nearly as good Uh, i feel like the writers had a fantastic story for the first season of the show and then once they got to season two and three it's really kind of fallen off and they've lost this entire vision of what they were trying to tell in this story it seems almost like a cliche at this point uh robot Mm. rebels and they want gotcha. to have their own world, and there's not a lot of analysis on, like, you know, an e- even an easy one in a plot like this, like humanity. There's not really a lot of, like, in-depth analysis there. It just kind of, uh, like, how the first season really tackles how, like, what are humans like in a world with no consequences? This, this uh, mm. seasons two and three don't really have the same level of, like diving into like the human condition i guess they're just kind of boring set pieces of like a war against robots and then like season three takes them completely no spoil sorry for the minor spoilers here but season three is almost like a soft rebooted series as it takes us into what america or the united states or the world rather looks like in the year that they live in and um i don't know i just it wasn't in, it wasn't good it wasn't interesting it just you can't really like any of the characters anymore it's all it's a little just like kind of a confusing hot flaming ball of garbage Uh-oh. oh no oh no dude I, ha- I only saw season one so i have to watch seasons two and three i'm definitely gonna watch them just to see and who knows maybe they'll put out some season four that Blows your mind and ties it all together. I'm trying that to think about. I mean, I had to finish season three, and I don't know how much I want to do that. <laughs> you can do it, man. I believe. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think about like what shows have successfully kind of gone away from what they started out as and managed to still pull everything back. No movies that have done it. Couldn't tell you a show off the top of my head that just. Um, I mean, Dexter. I think later seasons weren't very good. I think. I mean, like, I think there are some qualities to shows like Dexter. I mean, I think the first couple of seasons are good, but then it becomes a little too formulaic. Uh, Mm. I think Homeland had a good string of some good seasons. Um, It definitely has its weaker moments, but I think it's an overall good show. Oh, uh, and um, (laughs) sorry, my like light went away. Um, And then... uh, what else is there? I mean, 
continue. Just, Sorry, I lost. Yeah. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Hey, it happens sometimes. You know, the train has to make some repairs. You get off and you forget yeah, why you were uh, going. <laughs> but I was gonna say that um, to answer your second question, what shows am I watching? So I'd say the main show that is coming on now, new episodes that I love is. No, no judgment here. This is us on NBC. Fanta- fantastic show. I, I mean, dude, get on it. You and Bronwyn need to like watch this thing, yeah, man. I've heard, I've heard, it's, I've heard good things. I've heard good things about it. Like I, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a particularly emotional person, but I do uh, shed a couple of tears from time to time. A drama, it. right? With like stories of like four or five different couples or families or something like that. That's what I actually thought about and it w- thought it was initially. And I was like, I'm not going to watch that. So one day there it was a snow day and it just started season one. I think there were five episodes in. And so me and my dad ended up seeing that it was on from the beginning, like at the beginning of the episode. And it was season one, episode one. So we watched it. Turns out it's not multiple like families. It's literally one family, but it's being traced out over time. So it's about um, it was a mother and a father who Jack and Rebecca. They were going to have three children but unfortunately oh no this isn't a spoiler because this is literally episode one they lose one of the kids um but they end up adopting a, a black child on uh that, that same day so they still have the, the three and so it traces kind of their experience not only as parents and them falling in love but then the kid being triplets you know you got randall who's the adopted one being adopted so you look at them as kids as teenagers and then as adults and that's when you see um, you know, Sterling K. Brown and Justin Hartley and Christy Mitz and on all of them. That's and you know, Milo Ventimiglia and uh, Mandy Moore are consistent throughout. But great show. Well, I mean, they, they just, just that sounds interesting for sure. Yeah, dude. And they hit on so many topics that I mean, they, the name of the show is This Is Us, but so many things I think everybody deals with. And that's what I find, I guess, is lacking in some of the TV shows that are out now or maybe we're out in the past. I just don't see myself in them or I don't share necessarily experiences with others. Like, you know, the like classic sitcom, you know, plots and whatnot where, Oh, I have two dates to the prom <laughs> or like I, uh, you know, randomly. I've never had that issue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm just like, at least one date to the prom. <laughs> just trying to get one. Just trying to lock it down. Um, but no, yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, sorry. Like, well, I was just going to just comment that like sitcoms, while our fun and passing would never be a show that I'm like looking forward to watching. I could see that. I could see that. There are those that I just, you know, you need to just kind of like the office. I'll, I'll, I don't even really call that so much of a sitcom, but just watch it, you know, you have a good laugh and then keep it moving. But no, so really love. This is us. I've also been watching a lot of throwback TV that maybe I either started when I was younger. Times maybe. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm just like, uh, like one-on-one on Netflix. I've been jamming on that. I also um, Twin Peaks. I never watched that. I mean, I need to watch that. I I heard like the reboot. Was it a reboot? Yeah, like a soft kind of like reboot ish thing. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, but I I need to watch that. Like another show that is probably part of that like golden age of TV and mm-hmm. um, like definitely. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's like, do you think like right now TV coming out right now like. If there is there anything that you would constitute as like this is era defining, like because right now it feels like we're in this drought of cultural phenomenons for television shows. I mean, I think the last one really was probably Stranger Things season one. Oh, um, what a show! More, more recent example uh, that you have. Um, um I, I think, think 
Well, one of the shows I liked in, in high school, I, I kind of fell off and stopped watching it, but Modern Family, I know that was kind of, it's like a, a little, little bit, bit like This Is Us and it's tracing like a number of things. things. Like, like obviously it stopped short of some because it's mainly based in, in comedy. comedy. But, but I thought that was really good in terms of just looking at um, just a number of things like the older man marrying the younger woman. So that dynamic with the kids who are also older. And then you got to see Cam and Mitchell, so the LGBT kind of representation in there. And I thought, and then the adoption with Lily and all just I thought that did a really good yeah, job and you can always just like lap right, they never pushed it too far yeah see great great show so I uh I really like but you know like you're saying you're asking a really good question because you know this this show that really stands out among all of them that will just t- I mean I mean you can once again like Shit's Creek I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are out there especially now that you know the whole, it's, it's done it's finished but a lot of people I know love that I, mean, I watched it uh during the pandemic um, I feel like that show gained a lot of popularity probably in the last year and a half. I think definitely. I, I've, definitely. I've seen more and more people talk about it recently. Um, but like beforehand, like if you asked me two years ago, I would have said I've never heard of the show. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 really good. I recommend people watch it for sure. I think looking back on it, it will be kind of hailed in a you know like in that kind of that same way. But I don't think we can necessarily appreciate that now just because of our proximity to it but there aren't really shows where i'm just like i know i know for a fact 110 percent this show that's coming out now is going to transcend everything and will be a classic yeah there's i think right now that might be better call saul but i think it's in its final stages i really think it's almost ending the show's been on for a while and i I haven't seen it so which is why i probably want need and should watch it because i was a big fan Mm -hmm. of breaking bad but like, yeah, for me, like, I love good stories. I love good characters. I love good dramas. Like, you mentioned, like, in your, as you were just a second ago, like, a lot of, like, kind of, like, comedies, except for, like, This Is this is Us, but, like, you were mentioning mm-hmm. Modern Family, Schitt's Creek. Those are, those are comedies, you know? Like, yeah. where, where, where are the epics? Where are the dramas? Where, where are the, the, the shows that examines, like, you know, human emotion? Um, you know i I feel like those are my type of those are my type of shows you know um Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's lacking right now and that's why i'm like feeling is the golden age of television dying i think it's definitely in its sunset period um you know after better call saul ends which i really think it's close to ending like what's there to binge right now like something we haven't really talked about too much but uh that's out there and it's kind of like the 800 pound gorilla reality television (laughs) which (laughs) i know we're both laughing now but dude that's real like i mean you talk about keeping up with the kardashians and the jersey shore and everything that kind of comes even like you can go 16 and pregnant to teen mom all of those out there people people watch it that's why there's such a market for it and i know it's crazy that I mean, I was talking, I've been talking to like little kids, <laughs> just, not like I just go to, on the street and just see little kids and start talking to them, but I've had like a couple like encounters recently with little kids or even people who are teachers. And now like a lot of youngsters are talking about, I want to be a YouTuber or I want to be on, you know, reality TV. And that's becoming a thing. Like people are on Instagram, literally just trying to get noticed so that they can influencer. Yeah. Market. Yeah, exactly. The, I'm sorry for all those who enjoy influencers in some capacity but like what a <laughs> dumb title <laughs> hey they're driving our culture man those are innovators maybe the worst you know 
<laughs> for maybe the worst. Um, you know, when you have when you have people idolizing people of the of the Pauls ilk, like Logan and Jake Paul, like oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> About to be boxing Floyd Mayweather, like uh, like but yeah, no, that I is. I wanted to pay money just to see if Logan Paul gets his ass kicked. <laughs> I'm not going to support them because he still gets money if I buy a ticket to see it. So true, true. I'll just watch somebody's like recap on YouTube. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, dude. Reality. I mean, that's it's very real. And um, I think unfortunately, what it's doing is you know taking up obviously the spot of a TV show that could get a chance or somebody who's you know a great writer who's just trying to you know get just something out there that people can feel and relate to and experience. And it's. It's taking, I mean, but we watch it. They had, they had the formula. They get people to watch it and you get sucked in. And uh, I think like YouTube could ever rival like the quality of something like a premium cable, like HBO or even just AMC for that matter. Like a YouTube TV kind of deal. Yeah, like a YouTube show. Do you ever think that that could happen? Well, interestingly enough, Cobra Kai started out on YouTube Red, I think it was called. And dude, I like I watched it. I, I did the get yeah, was a that one like month a, free subscription. Was that like YouTube just trying to branch into their own streaming service with this like premier television giving them the resources? Or was that like a user mm. creating this show and then YouTube picked it up and gave them resources? That's a good question. I haven't done too much like looking into the uh, the history or the backstory of that, so I don't know the exact answer. But um, I don't. I just don't think that you know, as a whole, that they got enough traction because I think that was going to be one of the flagship kind of shows if they were going to get into the streaming deal. Um, but they didn't get enough traction to make it kind of its own network, so they had to. It's got spun off and now is part of Netflix. Still a great show. I actually haven't started season three, but great, great, great show. Great show. Yeah. About it. I don't know how much it would be something I enjoy, but ever good thing. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like if you would like it, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think if you're in the right mood, you could you could say it was entertaining. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> all right. But um, hmm. I think I had a question for you, but like uh, I guess I don't know. Have you given a clear uh, answer, answer on? Do you think the Golden Age of Television is kind of over right now? Or, you, think, or, or where, where, what's your stance? I think it is. I think television will never truly be the same as it once was now that we're seeing streaming. And it literally, as you said, everybody's coming out streaming. And so now you're seeing this fragmentation of great shows on different services. And then sometimes some are on just TV. And now I'm hearing that they're going to make certain modifications to TV. So if you DVR, you can't skip past the commercials and they're doing other things like that. So they can, you know, continue to make money, which is, it's understandable. That's basically why they're doing it. But uh, it's just, it's it's interesting. And as a, a consumer and someone who, you know, naturally wants to get past all of those things, I don't think that they're necessarily uh, incentivizing us to appreciate it like we once did. So I would say that, the golden age of television as we knew it is dead. And I think that we could have a new golden age, maybe of like streaming, maybe of just kind of uh, quality content out there. But I don't think it'll ever be, you know, all in one place that you can go and just see it. Yeah. I wonder, I was going to, that was going to be my follow up. He's like, what do you think the next era of television might be? Because with streaming, like with all these streaming platforms, like there's definitely going to be this almost arms race, uh, because I mean, when you think about it, competition is good for the consumer, right? Because then it all nope. like it creates like it creates 
better quality products for us to consume and then we get to choose which streaming service we want to go to because we're like oh hey hulu's got this new brand new original show that everybody's saying is like oh blows you out of the water like you got to see it kind of thing and so everybody jumps over onto the hulu bandwagon then like other streaming platforms like oh netflix we gotta (laughs) we, we gotta do something guys um but like so what do you think the next era of TV is? If The Sopranos kind of like defined like the kind of darker themes and more character-driven storytelling, what do you think the next era could be? Do you think it's going to be more of that, but um, or do you think it's going to be a different topic? I know that's like a really hard question, but... No, no, it's okay. I think what we're going to see, honestly, I feel like in time we're at a very interesting spot. So I think we're going to see almost a dichotomy of shows based in kind of that futuristic, as you mentioned, space opera kind of deal, or just based in yesteryear. So maybe even 70s, 80s, 90s to get to a more simplistic time um, that people can really relate to. I don't think that we're necessarily going to see television that encompasses the time that we're currently living in. I don't know how long that's going to last, but I just think that we're at a, a stage in which a lot of the problems that we once had, we don't have, you know, we have smartphones, we can look up information quickly, we can coordinate things, and you, know, you aren't probably going to have two dates to the prom now, I would say. But uh, So I don't think that necessarily the same problems uh, apply to us as they did in the past, or we can see now how they're going to evolve in the future, and I think that's something that people are going to explore. So I think that's where I stand on that particular question. How about you, bud? Any, any thoughts? see a move towards like you're like talking like period pieces i guess yeah i can see a move towards that and i also can see like kind of a move towards like fantasy epics you know i can um you know i feel like a lot of people are still trying to bandwagon off of what game of thrones did and you're trying to Mm -hmm. see like other shows uh, like do type like some type of fantasy um but yeah, I'm not really sure where the next era is coming, uh, like for television. I feel like there's a lot of limited series nowadays. Yeah. Um, I feel like the shows are just moving towards like basically what are long movies now, because that's like what I always envision a limited series as. It's just like oh, it's mm-hmm. like a five six hour thing. It's uh, not a TV show. It's it's in that. It's mm-hmm. not even like in that form. It's like I guess it is in that format because you still have like hour long chapters essentially and then um but uh i don't know i don't know what i would like to see if i had to pick i would like to see bold takes on um like dark dystopian science fiction that's what i want to see blade runner action little blade runner action you know that's what i want to see altered carbon but actually good um, Ooh, savage! Bro. Yeah, savage. Yeah, I'm savage out here today, Palmer. I'm savage <laughs> out here. Um, not oh, that Alter Carbon's bad. I've heard season two is an absolute train wreck, but season one was like average. Uh, um, but oh, yeah, man. I want, I want, I just want someone to take a risk. You know, uh, take a risk no. on something that, that is like. You just want to tell it because you think it's a good story, not necessarily because you think people are going to like it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I mean, the usual thought around creation is create something that you want to watch, you know? And and I know, unfortunately, in order to get 
the funding you need, you obviously have to get input from certain groups and they might try to uh, create something that they know is kind of formulaic in terms of just overall success. So they want to make money at the end before. of the day. Like- exactly. Exactly. But if you do take that risk, I mean, the reward could be a lot greater than just kind of the same old, same old. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, though, because, like, isn't there, like, a Rick and Morty episode where, like, M- Morty is trying to pitch a show to Netflix and, like, they're like, oh, we'll take anything. <laughs> kind of is, like, the message. That's this, made. like, con show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was a great episode. Which is actually, I wanted to talk about that, too. Rick and Morty as a show because, once again, it's kind of that, like, adult animation. But, dude, they perfectly circumvented kind of this traditional i mean we've all seen the shows that you know bob's burgers family guy and simpsons have all kind of done a similar plot for certain episodes but for rick and morty because of the overall theme and just kind of the base in science they can have some of the they can still you know do certain things similarly but at the same time they can have the craziest twists on them i think one of the most successful episodes they ever had was the what is it rick lantis mix-up where yeah, uh, they go to the such council of bricks. Excellent uh, writing there. Like exactly, like they basically interweave like five, six stories, and they're all kind of. It's all done in like twenty-two minutes, and it's so seamless. Yup. It's so yep. cool. it, <laughs> It's beautiful. It was uh, Stand By Me. It was like The Wire. It was just like a number of and things that you knew. But I mean, it was just so much funnier because it was through the lens of, of Rick and Morty. And also, I got to say, I said the word exactly. And uh, last week, you listened to episode two on Neuralink. Uh, the word exactly was thrown out, I think, about 200 times. But that was totally on purpose. Um, and we were just like, if you guys want to, I don't know, make a drinking game out of it. Don't drink alcohol because you might not make it more than a quarter of the way through the episode. Exactly. Or water, because hydration is so important. So uh, that's a fun game. If you want, if you haven't listened to it and you want to go back and do that, do that. But, bud, you were just, like, dropping so many dimes, and I agreed with it. And I was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. So just had to clarify that one. Well, it's good to know, Palmer. Good to know. Um, all right. Um, how long have we been going for? 53 minutes. Well, actually, Jeez. I guess I started recording before we uh, actually started the episode. But um, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we could talk for literal hours about you know television right now. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things we could go over. And maybe one of these episodes we can dive into a specific topic more and more. But Yeah, definitely. Um, or a specific show if you want. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but, you know. What are some shows that you recommend right now, Palmer? What are some things that have been coming out in the last couple of years that you've seen and maybe a lot of people haven't necessarily seen it? What, what's what's on your mind? Okay, one show that will completely mess mess with your head, but it's one of the funniest shows I've seen of late is The Good Place, which used to come on NBC. It finished now. It's four seasons. I'm on the fourth season. Did you? Did you? Oh, you okay? So you're watching, dude. I mean, well, A, just trying to quantify eternity. That's something I don't need to think about on a, a daily basis. But B, just the characters they have. And it's the like most roundabout kind of crazy story. But everybody does their thing. My favorite character, I think, was Jason Mendoza. Because uh, that dude is my guy. And I related to that. I was like, Jason, I know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> but uh no man great great show. i watched that um early on i also watched um like castlevania um on on netflix 
which I thought was pretty. It got it got darker in season three, a little bit darker. I'm a Christian man, and they were going places, but <laughs> nah, that was a good one too. I'm trying to think about and like like I said, I do the whole This Is Us. I watch a lot of news channels, so like 60 minutes, you know, is my jam still. Um, good, but I love 60 minutes, yeah. I mean, I'm a big right, fan see? of John John Oliver, so. Got you, got you. Okay, okay. Oh man, but honestly, in terms of like content outside of that, like I'm not gonna lie, I still do the I, I do. I'd say this might be a, to- a topic we never discussed, but I'm gonna say it now. Currently, golden age of anime is going on. I'd say on Toonami. Um, but Toonami uh, still exists. Yeah, Toonami still. I told you, I still watch Cartoon Network from time to time. Uh, Toonami was a thing anymore, though. I thought they like didn't they halt Toonami when we were younger for a little bit. I I think they did, and then I think they brought it back, and here we are today. But uh, so I still watch that. Um, no, dude, outside of that, like I don't really watch a whole lot of new shows that are coming and i look up and i see shows that i've never even heard of being advertised on hulu or whatever platform it is and i'm just like man like i didn't even know that was a thing so uh i don't really have a a a huge list of shows that i'm gonna recommend now but i do have some that like i've been recommended that i need to go back and watch the wire being one of them and the sopranos too so i'll let you know when i get to those yeah i mean I haven't. I have to watch The Wire, and I need to finish The Sopranos. I've only started it, but need to. Got all that love for The Sopranos, and you're just at the beginning, bud. Saying. what will come out next year um and honestly with all the time the pandemic has given people i mean i'm sure that people are like you know let me just i've had a show idea i'm really working from home let me just start putting some stuff down man let me just start getting off the dome and we're probably gonna see like a whole plethora of new shows hopefully great quality content coming out but shows to watch you know if you haven't seen mr robot super super recommend that show is a plus um uh, and another, like, what are some other shows that, you know, it's always sunny. It's always sunny in oh, Philadelphia. Fantastic. You gotta show. watch that show. You'll hate every character on it, but that <laughs> is the literal point. Um, they're all terrible human beings, but that's why it's so funny. Um, and, um, oh, man. but, uh, and then you have, I don't know. I've been wanting to watch South Park. Um, I've never actually watched South Park. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I've 
I've only ever seen episodes. I've never like binged through like entire seasons of the show. I would always like watch it here and there. And I've, I've been wanting to watch it. I recommend Veep. Watch that during pandemic. Veep, you know, uh, really good show. Yeah, with um, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, that show. I mean, that make that that show turns swearing into an art form. So definitely <laughs> recommend it. Um, it's super good. And then. Um, yeah. I'd recommend watching Euphoria. Um, it's uh, it's pretty graphic. It's dark. Deals with a lot of really heavy topics, but you know, I think a lot of people could relate to it in a way. And I think it's honestly uh, really good television, underrated even. Um, but mm. yeah, if you can get through some of like the heavier, I mean, it's a heavy show. There's no way around it. It's a heavy show, but I recommend it. Um. Other than that, you know, uh, True Detective season one. Never watched a single episode of True Detective. Oh I, I gotta gosh. get on it. I know. Oh I, know gosh, I know. Mom, I know. I know. I'm in a good watch, position, though, dude. Yeah, you I'm are like, in a good position. You were missing like season one with McConaughey. Oh, uh, is Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson? I mean, that was the year Matthew McConaughey like had his year. Was I didn't know Woody was in one. That. Yeah. And then, but like that, that first season's phenomenal, phenomenal. Mm. And season three is really good with Mahershala Ali. Um, it's my boy. Straight, it's super, super good. You can skip over season two. Uh, it's an anthology oh, series, okay. so you don't really need to watch it. And is that the one with Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn? Yeah, it's an absolute nightmare. Of, oh, what? In my head, those dudes work well together. Yeah, it's just I think uh, the writer of the show just got overwhelmed with the expectations after his groundbreaking first season and then like because the groundbreaking first season really did play a lot of like into like those dark themes again and then because i love that kind mm. of stuff but <laughs> season two he like tried to take that a step further and it was just a it was a mess and i was like this is the why am i watching this um mm, and but then season three he kind of returns to his roots and uh it's some really good storytelling um it was a, definitely a breath of fresh air to have him like go back to the roots and all, all the acting and the writing is is really great. So definitely recommend True Detective. Um, sure. But yeah, I think those are my main. I recommend The Expanse. Check out my Guilty Pleasure show. The <laughs> uh, Expanse, man. Yeah, it, it is a good show. I mean, if you really like science fiction and like you like a good space opera, go for it. I'll check it out upon your recommendation, but if I don't like it, expect me to voice my 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 complaints here. <laughs> but all right, <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add, Palmer? Before we, uh... nah, I, I think, think we... we picked that one apart there, bud. I think, like you said, we could talk about it for hours, but I think we got the gist of what we were trying to get. Uh, I think so. Along by. I think Ooh. so. But uh, anyways, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, this has been the What You Got podcast. I'm Charlie Budd, joined by always Mr. Jordan Palmer. Thank you can always catch our show every week, Monday afternoon. And Jordan, do you want to tell them all about our social media? Yeah, sure. Okay, if you guys got the uh, the old IG or the Twitter, you can follow us on I- IG, Instagram, at What You Got Podcast. That's What You Spelled W-H-A-T-C-H-A. And we are on Twitter at WhatYouGotCast because they won't let us use the same number of characters in our Twitter handle as we can in our IG handle. But follow us, IG, WhatYouGotPodcast, on Twitter, uh, WhatYouGotCast.
forget to follow us wherever you're listening so you can always be notified when the next episode drops. Alrighty. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>